I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. So my name is Dan, and I am guest hosting today for Claudia. So thank you for listening to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship. And today we are bringing you a survivor story. Uh, Anne is here with us. Anne, thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being willing to tell your story. Um, I think these survivor stories help people who are, are out there to realize that they are where they are because you've been there mm-hmm. and you are on the other side and you can offer hope. So thank you for that. Let's um, let's start with kind of what your story is. Um, you were in an abusive relationship. Is that what we're talking about then? Yes. Okay. So help set the stage for me. Where sure. Start? And unfortunately, I've been in quite a few different abusive relationships, but the story starts at the beginning is a young... 18-year-old having a boyfriend that was very... He himself was abused. I did not understand. I didn't realize what an abusive relationship was. And I think many women are in that boat. There's so many classic signs, but it's never going to happen to you. How can I be in an abusive relationship? Mm. So you just go through all these stages and you fool yourself into thinking that tomorrow's going to be a better day. If I only do something different and a few things that jumped out at me are... It is not my fault Hmm. as the abuse-e. Abuse leaves you shattered in so many ways. You're mortified. You're humiliated. You want to hide it. You don't want anyone to know. You certainly don't want your family to know. So you cover it up. And whether it's physical scars beatings bruises cuts marks those are the easy ones to hide i can put makeup on that i can put a scarf on i can hide with long sleeves it's the emotional that doesn't leave a visible scar and probably the biggest misconception is 
believing the abuser is sorry and they're going to change because they're certainly always sorry at the moment. Mm-hmm. They're only sorry because in that moment they're sorry. Mm-hmm. They know the next time you say something wrong, you do something wrong, they know it's going to happen again. It's all just a cycle. Typically, an abuser has been abused some way, shape, or form. Um, and so they need the help. They need help. If they're not, they're not going to change. I heard you say they're not they going get to the change. Help, yes. But in that moment, they're just caught. Exactly. And you believe you deserved it. Hmm. I, I can definitely say one hundred percent. If I just made a better dinner, if I just lost the extra 10 pounds, if I just did whatever to make me this perfect person, this would never have happened to me. Mm. Abuse is not love. It's, it's not. And trying harder to make them happier is not going to make the abuse stop. So, Ann, if you look back on that first relationship, mm-hmm. what is it? that got you to realize, oh, this is, this is not just not okay. This is abuse. What made the difference for you? We had broken up. We had lived together. He picked me up from my mom so I could go get my belongings. It was like a Dr. Jekyll hide happening. I'm in the car. He's all nice and sweet and, you know, things just happen. And it was like somebody flipped a switch and he turned into this horrible, ugly person. I'm trying to open the door and jump out. We're not going fast. Snatches me by the hair. Oh, apologizes. You know, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. We get to the apartment. Again, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Flip a switch, the beating begins. Hmm. Is an 18-year-old, we think we know it all. We don't know anything. It was easier to stay than to have to go back home and face your family that you're a failure, that you're being abused. So I kept staying, and I kept going back. And then we moved away the first thing they do they get you away from your family they isolate you they don't want you to know anybody they don't want you to work they don't want you to have anybody to help you and I was lucky I had a boss that had seen a few signs Hmm. and didn't say anything and this is 30 years ago people didn't say anything I literally came in with choke marks around my neck And I, of course, had them hidden and thought, nobody's going to know this. Well, my sweater must have slipped and my boss saw horror and literally pulled me into his office and demanded, either you call the cops or I will. This is the last time I'm going to see this. Hmm. So for me, personally, as the abuse was happening, I'm telling myself... He's going to kill me if I don't get out. He is so crazed and out of control. I'm going to become a statistic 
and that was not going to happen to me because I have beat so many odds from conception to be here. I was supposed to be aborted. And I'm going to allow this man to take my life. I can't do that. Mm. So for me, that was my deciding factor that I'm going to say and do whatever I have to do to get out of here in the morning and get to work and everything is okay. Yep, we're good. I know you're sorry. And I said and did whatever I had to do. And I did call the police and I filed a police report and I left and filed a protected order against him. And had I done that the first beating, he would have been in jail. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had. Because maybe he would have got the help. Yeah. But kudos to that boss, to that other person who said, I need, I need to say something. Yes. Instead of not saying anything. Like exactly. Somebody. And yeah. I've been that person to say something to somebody else. It's not easy. Yeah. You can think you're fooling everybody and you're fooling nobody but yourself. And just to tell them that I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I can help you get mm-hmm. help. There is help. Like, yeah. So you mentioned at the beginning of this that you've been in a couple of relationships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that were abusive, that were not good, whatever not you want to call them, but they were abusive relationships at the end sure. of it. How does that cycle happen for you? As you look back now, what, what's your takeaway from that, how that happened more than once? I have studied this, digested this, journaled this for 30 years. What is the matter with me? Nothing. I can look back and say, as a young eight-year-old parents going through a divorce, you were searching for a dad figure that you did not have not going to sit here and blame this on my parents, blame this on my dad. But for me personally, I believe that was how it started. I was searching for something that was missing in me. Guy pays attention to you, feels good, you get complimented. Of course, who doesn't want that? And you turned a blind eye to things you saw that you should have paid more attention to. Example, well, you can't be an alcoholic if you actively go to work every day. I only drink a six-pack a day, or I only drink a fifth a day. That doesn't make me an alcoholic. I'm a functioning member of society. Okay, that's a lie. You only drink occasionally. I can deal with this. It's not every day. It doesn't matter whether it's alcohol, drugs, pills, any form of trying to numb yourself to not feel the pain. And you just keep going from one relationship to the next relationship, searching for something to make you whole. And no, whether it's a man being abused or a woman being abused, you have to be 
okay with yourself. You have to love yourself, flaws and all, to overcome and not allow yourself to keep making the same mistakes and get on this vicious cycle. I've described it as, I feel like I've been on a 30-year merry-go-round and I just want it to stop. I just want to stop making the same mistakes. So then, you know, you're in another relationship. Well, okay, he doesn't drink. Okay, I'm, I'm making good choices. Well, no, you're mentally abusive and emotionally abusive. Those don't leave scars. But it's still abuse nonetheless. The next relationship, I waited years. Took things slow. Thought I was doing things right. You know, had my own house. You know, didn't live with the person. Saw a few things. Alcohol isn't an everyday thing. So I, I can handle this. And when you're hiding alcohol in the closets and in the back of the toilet tanks and in the bushes and in with the towels, you have a problem. But it's easier to blame the other person. If you just would have listened to me, I wouldn't have had to go buy that bottle. They're going to use every excuse to make you, to empower themselves and hold you down and hold you back. So you experienced a lot of victim shaming and... A lot of victim shaming. I had a lot of female issues, went through a hysterectomy, was newly married, horribly sexually abused. Mm. Horrible. That was not love. If I was a whole female, I wouldn't have been cheated on. Mm. I am a whole female. Yeah. So look for those signs. There are classic signs. So now, re- removed from it, obviously, mm-hmm. in healthy relationships now, taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I, what I know of your background, successful, professional woman out in the world living your life. You, you've managed to find that help that you needed. Mm-hmm. You've managed to heal. Mm-hmm. It's still obviously very tough. You can sure. hear that in this. But you've, you've found that healing now. What hope can you give to people? If they're sitting there thinking, okay, I, I see those red flags. Mm-hmm. There, there's hope, right? There is 100% hope. Everyone has their own way to heal themselves. For me personally, sharing my story, it hurts. I'm not going to lie. It hurts bad. Listen to my voice. But you have to get the pain out to get to the healing. Or you're... I use the analogy often. It's like a noose around your neck. And every time you allow that little bit of shame bad memories 
creep back in, the noose gets a little tighter and a little tighter and a little tighter. And you can control that. You can simply cut the noose off and be free. I've been blessed beyond measure. I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm not a statistic that I'm not six feet underground because I should be. I was held at gunpoint with the drunk husband that didn't even remember that he did that. Again, with the, I'm going to end up dead if I don't change. I have my faith. I have a wonderful family that has supported me. I have many, many friends that have helped me and supported me. But you have to get past. You did nothing wrong. There is no shame in getting help. There just is not. It's a lie. They tell you so many lies because they don't want people to know that they're the abuser. And forgiveness, forgiveness is 100%. And even that's a misconception. Forgiveness does not mean we forget. It means we have the power to release the hold that the abuser has over us. Simply put, you have to forgive. And I can't tell you how to recover your walk. I can tell you what has helped me in my recovery. We all have our own journey. I have had years of counseling. I'm a huge book reader. Anything I can get my hands on. Anything to help in a positive note. Talking to others. Helping others. Journaling. Journaling is huge. It doesn't have to make any sense. You don't do it for anybody else but yourself. Just write. Just get it out. You can write it in a letter form. You can write it to that person. You can write it to yourself. Just write. You don't even have to reread it. Just get it from the inside out. Burn it. Throw it away. Rip it up. Nobody ever needs to see it. You're not doing it for anybody else to read. You're doing it as a form to get some hurt from the inside out. I've been a member of Al-Anon. As a young 20 plus year old, I was not ready to hear a message that alcoholism is a disease. I can remember standing up in a meeting yelling at these people, what is the matter with you? Alcoholism isn't a disease. Cancer is a disease. Diabetes is a disease. No one knowingly bought that bottle and forced you to drink it. I was not ready to hear that. I wish I had been because I would not be in a 30-year cycle. I would have received the information and understood it better. So that was the first place I personally went back to because I know it is a good program and I know it has wonderful resources and that is your 
steps to get through no matter how long it takes. That is a great program. Music. Music has helped me. Music has always been in my life. I have my love of music from my mom, who has not been with me for 13 years. But when I turned on the radio this morning, her favorite Christmas song was trans, one of Trans-Siberian Orchestra songs. That was the first song that was on the radio today. And it was a very clear message that she's here with me, and I know you're going to have a tough day today. But you got this. I raised you for so much more than to be abused. And you have a message to tell, and you have a story to tell. And if some one person gets helped because of one thing I have said, please take what I'm saying seriously. Your life can be such a better quality of life. Don't let what has happened to you hold you back. Because you will forever be held back. If you crawl into a hole and give in and give up and go into this downward spiral, you have to find what helps you. Music for me, it just flows through the depths of my soul that needed healing. And it has been my voice when I couldn't find the right words to say. And people that are musicians, their music is a form of storytelling for them. It's a form of healing for them. They too are going through pain and they're putting it in a music form to help us listen, listen Whatever form of music soothes your soul, let it seep in and soothe you because it will. So much emotion, so much desire to help others. Thank you for sharing your story. What now, where you are today, mm-hmm. tell me how you feel. Like, again, you, you've had these, these years of abuse. You've mm-hmm. come to the cycle. You've got, found your healing. Mm-hmm. How do you feel today about relationships? How, how is it for you today? I had a young 20-year-old male say to me, Anne, You have your act all together. You're beautiful. You're a hard worker. You don't have to depend on anybody for anything. If you can't make a marriage work, what hope is there for any of us? And we were driving at the time, and I literally pulled off the side of the road and said, don't you ever have that attitude because I will never have that attitude, and I should be the person to have that. 
love is the most beautiful thing that God created for men and women to build each other up, to support each other, to help through the thick and the thin. Don't ever give up on that or believe that that doesn't exist. Because if we believe that doesn't exist, what do we have to hope for? I still 100% believe in love. And the blessing for me is I have found that. Am I very cautious? A thousand percent. Hmm. Do I trust? No, I do not. You have to prove and you have to earn your trust because I don't want empty lies. I made a pact with myself that I'm never going to settle. I can take care of myself. I don't need anybody to take care of me. I want somebody to share my life, my ups and my downs. So don't give up on love. For, for me, I always, I set a high bar. We're hardest on ourselves. I always want to strive to be better. Always. And it can be the simplest little goal to set for yourself. But setting goals, and that might mean I have to set a goal to put one foot in front of the other. I have to take 10 steps more than I took yesterday because I don't know how to pick the pieces of a shattered life up and start over. Reach out for help. Tell somebody that you explicitly trust. There is so much help out there. And you have to believe that you can heal. You have to believe that there is a happily ever after for you. And it's not, it's not easy. Every hurt relationship you leave and enter into a new one, that's another piece of luggage I have to take into a new relationship with me. And before long, I have a whole walk-in closet I'm dragging with me. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. So, again, I, I cannot stress enough that how my healing has healed me may not be the healing that's going to heal for you. But do not be shameful you have nothing to be ashamed of there is a hope there is a bright future you take one step at a time and don't sacrifice yourself Love your, learn to love yourself to be able to be a whole person to feel like you're worthy to be loved because you don't feel like you're worth anything. Even 30 years later, 
I still can sometimes say, I'm not worth anything. Those old hurts are going to creep in. It's a fact of life. You don't listen to them. I am worthy. And if you have to look in a mirror and say that to yourself a million times a day, then you do that because you are worthy. You are loved. And you too have a story to tell. Don't be afraid to tell it. Well, thank you for telling yours and for bringing this to everybody's ears to offer some hope and some insight. So I am very happy to share. Like I said, it, it, it hurts to get it out, but it is very important to get it out. I've, I've said, uh, I just have a black heart. I'm never going to have a red heart ever again because it's been scarred too badly. That is not true. My heart is red. My heart is full. I am blessed beyond measure. But for me to be able to say that is huge. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org. Or call our hotline at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.